Welcome to Unspoken Requests. Unspoken Requests with Jared. That's it, just Jared. I've kicked Mike off the show. And Mike. Sorry, I was... The engineer didn't show up once again. Yeah, that's why the bed music's not playing. Oh, Can yeah, you do that? Yeah. Hang on. Thanks, Mike. How's that? I'll keep you around. I take that Thanks. back about <laughs> going solo. I mean, if you had to, I would understand. How you doing, I'm Mike? I'm a handful. <clears throat> I'm doing okay. Yeah? I uh, ate the last of a bag of delicious... Tell City Pretzels, right before we started the show. From Tell, Tell City, Indiana? From Tell City, Indiana. And boy, hold on, we're too quiet. Hang on a second. That should be good now. Uh, you know what they say, if it's too quiet, you're too old. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I think. Because your hearing's bad. <laughs> yeah. It's fading on you. Uh, no, I bought a bag of um, honey mustard flavored... Tell City Pretzels from uh, local establishment Rural King, <laughs> and uh, boy, are they delicious! And Lo- I g- local first, <laughs> that's right. And I got down to the leavens in the bag, and I was just uh, eating yeah. the crumbs. There is a disclaimer on the bag of Tell City Pretzels. Didn't we talk about this already? Did we? I forget. We've talked about it before. <laughs> I don't know if we've talked about it on record. If we have, I just want to endorse Tell City Pretzels one more time because that's how much I love this we product. We can't do that on the show, Mike. It's not a paid endorsement. I am just singing the praises. I, they've never... Okay, I have corresponded with Tell City wait, Pretzels. Wait, wait. Tell me... What, <laughs> what, 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 how, what, tell me about this correspondence. Okay, so... I, uh... <clears throat> excuse me. At Rural King... <laughs> yeah. You can buy plain Tell City pretzels. As if. And you can buy honey mustard flavored Tell City pretzels. Okay. I should, I was about to say earlier that this the disclaimer on the bag says bite at your own risk. Because these are the crunchiest snack I've ever had ever in my life. And I love them. You know, I'm into extreme snacks. I like Blenheim ginger ale. I like Tell City pretzels. Crunchiest like it's hard to eat? Like you have to like gnaw on it? Um... Or crunchy Define like, uh, <laughs> like is it? <laughs> it's very crunchy, but it's not. Do you mean crunchy like hard or crunchy like uh like kettle chips are very crunchy, but they're easy to eat because they're so thin. Are these like uh, these hard to bite through because they're so? I could see, I could see a wimp biting into one of these and saying, one bite and saying, oh, this is too hard to eat. No thanks, but. If you're like me, you crunch into that first bite and it just lights your brain up in this way. It's so pleasing. It's such such a thrill of pleasure that you can't stop. And the the crunch becomes addictive. It's yeah. it's a it's crunchy enough. It's not difficult to eat, but it's crunchy enough that it's hard to hear anything else happening around you okay. while you're eating them. <laughs> They're very loud. And could anyone you cr- could you crunch them on the air sometime? Yeah, I threw them away, but uh, the bag away, but uh, yeah. there might have been a few crumbs, but they're not telling. They're not tell sure. city, uh, ing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So next time I'll bring a bag with me. And That'd we'll, be great. We'll I think the listeners it. would love that. <laughs> to hear that. Our, uh, all of our ASMR fans <laughs> out there. 
<laughs> to hear me crunching um, into the world's crunchiest pretzel. Anyway, so we should do that. We should crunch into different uh, snacks and see if the listener can guess. If they can if guess it's a pretzel, it? a uh, salt and vinegar kettle chip, gummy bear, a gummy bear. Um, what's your favorite kind of Twizzler? I like the red. Uh, I like the nibs. I realized oh. Twizzler nibs. No, I like the long ropes. Hmm. I like to let them hang out of my mouth. I went stuck to chewing on the speaking one. Speaking of uh, local, keeping it local, mm-hmm. I went to uh, the West Side Kmart this last week. Yeah, because uh, you know the East Side one closed, and I was like, eh, I feel like going to the Kmart to get my get my nibs, my Twizzler nibs. <laughs> uh, Gotta get your nibs. And fix. I was like, I better go to the West Side one because who knows how long it's gonna be around. And then, uh, sure enough, store closing sign on the outside. Do you know when in. they close? I, I saw them put the oh, sign up out front, but the discounts were only like 15, 20, 25 percent. So I bet they still have another week or two till they get down to down know, to the the leavens, the, the yeah, the the scraps. Real clearance mode. We should go over there sometime and check it out. Maybe we could record a segment of the show over there on that's, the like the patio furniture. You know what we should do is uh, on its last day we should record the final mi- be in there recording this during the final minutes, the f- right before they flick off the blue light yeah, for yeah, the very exactly. last time. We should actually do that. Yeah. Okay. Listeners, if you'd like to <laughs> have us do that, just let us know. Uh, before we get too far from Tell City Pretzels, because I was about to tell you about my correspondence with them. What was I saying about Kmart? I don't know. We'll, just, we'll go back to it. <laughs> your brain like skipped the track and started. Uh, anyway, Tell yeah. City. Uh, so I've had those two flavors, right? Sure. And I just got curious about it because it says. From Tell City since whenever, 18-whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just got curious about the place, so I looked him up online. This is a dinky operation. I'm talking about dinky. <laughs> okay? Yeah. So I went to their website. Like, do they even have a pretzel license? I'm sure they have a... They're selling at Rural King. They're licensed pretzel well, makers. I mean... Yeah, okay. Uh, so I visit their website, and it says, Shop Online. So I click the thing just to see what the offerings are. You sure. know, you're not going to believe this. Very first thing listed, chocolate-covered Tell City pretzels. I can't wait to try one. I can't believe it. So that, I'm just looking around, right? So then they've got that. They've got these buckets. You can get like a brand. We could get a bucket that said unspoken requests, and it has a bunch of Tell City pretzels in it. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, I should also say that the uh, honey mustard version, the flavored versions... They're not full pretzels. They're smashed up pieces of pretzels. Mm. And I think there's uh, two reasons for that. I suspect. One is that uh, you can fit more of them in the bag that way. They don't, they're not as bulky. Oh, sure. The other thing is, let me read this to you. I'm on, I'm on shop.tellcitypretzel.com right now. Seasoned Tell City Pretzels pieces in a 12-ounce bag. <laughs> We don't sprinkle flavoring over the top. We marinate broken pieces of Tell City pretzels so the flavor gets soaked in. So they soak these pretzels in the flavor of whatever. I've only had the honey mustard. Huh. But it, they're, and I'll tell you, they're no. packed with flavor and delicious. Well, I love it's them. It's like those at the at any old store, those, uh, what is it, the Snyder's? Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the, the buffalo bits, or the honey mustard bits? Sure, sure. If you want to... Those uh, seem like they're they're really soaked in. Sure. If you want to if you want to support so I, I'm big saying, pretzel... I'm, I'm saying I believe that they soak them in, in juice. And I'm saying if you want to support big pretzel, go ahead and buy Snyder's of Hanover. 
But I'm talking about Tell City, Indiana. Two hours south of here on the Ohio River. What if I break my teeth? You're not going to break your teeth. You're going to find that this is a pleasure. Your teeth are made for chomping things, and this is like what they're made to do. They're made to chomp into these Tell City pretzels. So, as I'm checking out this website, they feature the honey mustard version, right? Okay. Uh, As a flavor here. Then I start looking. How many flavors do they have? That's the thing. I start looking around. Get this. So I've only had the honey mustard. It's the only one I've had, and it's so good that I can't stop talking about it. I can't shut up about it. Let me read this list to you. Ranch. (laughs) Cajun. Garlic. That's just straight up garlic flavored. I'm dying to try that one. Honey mustard, which I've had. Mm -hmm. Buffalo. Honey bar BQ. Cinnamon and sugar. Okay. Cheddar, sriracha, and salty caramel. Interesting. So they're making these pretzels in Tell City. There's yeah. A, there's a pretzel factory. There's a tiny little building that looks like it used to be like an auto mechanic's garage or something. And uh, they're making them there. They make thousands of pretzels every day and ship them out. So here's the thing. We should go there. We definitely should go there. No doubt about it. I think they have a little storefront there too where you can buy these things. Okay. There's two things I want to tell you though that irk me. I wrote them because of these reasons. I wrote them and said, I love these pretzels. I can't get enough of these pretzels. I, I'm so happy to have found you guys. So, like, when, when we see these uh, letters from companies that we think are just, like, made up, like, who in their right mind would write a company to say how much they love their dumb product? What goon writes a company just because they like it? has got to be made up by, by the writers there in the, in the PR room. It's true. But no, I'm the guy. It's this guy. I'm the guy. I wrote Tell City Pretzels. I said, hey, I just discovered your pretzels. I can't stop eating them. I love them. They're my wife's favorite snack. We love them. We keep a bag in the house. They're so good. And then I Saved said- Saved your marriage. Yeah, it's true. And then I said, here's the thing though. I've only had the honey mustard variety and I see you've got a bunch of flavors listed here. I visited ruralking.com or whatever the URL is and they only list the honey mustard version uh-huh. on their website. So I said, "Is it? do you sell these any other place near, you know, I'm in Bloomington, so anywhere near here, so that I can get my hands on some of these other incredible flavors? And uh, Maureen wrote me back and said, sorry, Mike, they're only available from our website. Rural King only sells the plain and honey mustard varieties for now. Okay. But here's the rub. Okay? Mm-hmm. One 12-ounce bag. Of honey mustard flavored Tell City brand pretzels mm-hmm. from Rural King. Mm-hmm. Guess how much that's going to cost you? Tw- Twelve ounces. <coughs> that's right. Oh gosh, I'm going to say five dollars, four, four, four dollars and ten cents. At Rural King, you get a twelve ounce bag of delicious golden honey mustard Tell City crunchy pretzels uh-huh. for three dollars and ninety nine cents. Oh, I was only eleven cents off. On TellCityPretzel.com. We're not going to talk more about how how close I was. Well, you watch a lot of supermarket <laughs> sweep, so I expect you to be Who close. And price I is just, right. I just thought you should have congratulated me more on how close I was in guessing. It's it would have been nice. You were over though. It's like if you this go isn't over, the Price is Right. This well, is real life, Daddy. I'm, I'm doing Price is Right rules. If you go over, it's all, it's gone. It's I void. was still very no close. One, you were very close. Thank you. You you. 
I cannot believe, Jared, that you guessed well, within thanks, 11 Mike. cents thanks. the I mean, cost thanks. of an average size well, bag of snacks. <laughs> thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. <laughs> Anyways, how much are these uh, exotic flavors well, like barbecue? Here's the thing. Even the honey mustard from Tell City Pretzel, every flavor, they mm. all cost the same. Take a guess at tellcitypretzel.com. Well, I'm going to guess they're more. I'm going to guess it's... Four dollars and fifty cents plus shipping is my guess. I've got bad news, buddy. What? Five twenty-five plus oh, shipping. Oh dear! And so I've hesitated. And that's, and that's and that's uh, direct. They should be cheaper than the rural king because they're exactly. getting all the money. Exactly. So I've hesitated, even though I still intend to buy some of these. There is uh, I love this uh, fifteen-minute-long commercial for Tell City Pretzels. <laughs> uh, they do have uh, like a variety bucket. What I don't endorse that? this product. I've never had this product, just for the record. <laughs> no, I think that's good. I think Mike actually might be in bed with Big Pretzel, for all I know. <laughs> no, I'm in bed with Little Pretzel. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, they also will burn them for you? I'm telling you, look into these pretzels. They're amazing. Wait, I'll, so, I'll what, shut what up about it. What do you mean they'll it, burn them for you? You can get burnt ones. <laughs> okay, here we go. The Tell City Pretzel in a 12-ounce bag. The unmistakable crunch that makes it a Tell City Pretzel. Bite at your own risk. Choose classic, extra salt, light salt, bald, which means no salt on top, or burnt. This might be as good a time as any to tell you we've changed the format of the show. It's, uh, it's now an pretzel talk. <laughs> yeah, it's just pretzel talk in general. Pretzel talk with Mike and Jared. Here's the thing. Here's here's something I want to make abundantly clear. Call in with your pretzel questions. My favorite thing to drink in the whole world is Blenheim ginger ale. But I do not want anyone talking to me about ginger ale. I don't care about ginger ale. I don't, I'm not like some fan of ginger ale. I love this one particular thing that happens to be ginger ale. And that's the same way I feel about Tell City pretzels. I'm not some pretzel head. I'm not trying to talk about pretzels all day. I'm trying to talk about Tell City pretzels all day. I'm a soft pretzel guy myself. Oh, those are good. I do like those. And I like ginger ale. It's just I'm not some sure. freak. Sure, you know? sure. But I do think we should change the format of the show to just be pretzel talk. <laughs> okay. I'll drag every other pretzel through the mud. That's probably an option on the, this website. <laughs> Tell City pretzel. Will yeah, we, we, we burnt some. We could uh, sell you our trash pretzels for $5 a bag. Uh, we got some muddy pretzels that we dropped in the mud. We'll sell you those for $5 a bag. Welcome to Tell City. <laughs> you ever been to Tell City? No, but everyone talks like this there. I've been to Tell City. Where is it? It's down on the river. It's, mm. two, it's on 37, two hours south of here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go. Yeah. So anyway, I ate all the leavings from these honey mustard soaked sure. pretzel bag. And I, and I haven't had dinner. I had coffee right before that. I'm just feeling a little strange. That's all you've eaten today? No, that's just what I've most recently eaten. Tell me everything you've eaten today. I had a banana with some peanut butter this morning. Okay. I had a turkey tom from a corporate sandwich restaurant. Okay. With a Coke and some potato chips. Then okay. I came home later. I had a I had the leavens of these pretzels, which mainly I just ate to throw the bag away. Because the bag was bugging sure. me sitting there with no pretzels in it. Yeah. So I just ate the dust out of it, threw it away. And then I had a handful of trail mix. All right. And I had a coffee. That's everything I've eaten today. Okay. And a glass of water. All right. You want to eat some dinner later? Yeah. It's going to be like 3 a.m. when we're done with the show, but oh. I'll be hungry. Yeah, me too. 
Well, thanks uh, for indulging all that pretzel talk. I, I just well, need to what, get that off my chest. Seriously, that's what the show is now. What's your favorite kind of soft pretzel? I don't know. Are there different kinds? I mean, which uh, soft pretzel maker makes them? This is the kind of crap I'm talking about. I have no idea. Give me a soft pretzel. I'll eat it. Ballpark, shopping mall, whatever. I'm only loyal to Tell City brand pretzels. <laughs> all right. And they only make extremely hard pretzels. But I'll, I, I do love a soft pretzel. I like mm-hmm. to dip it in mustard or cheese. When I was a youngster, I loved the Hot Sam. Remember Hot Sam? No, where where did you get Hot Sam? It was a chain often found in shopping malls. Oh, okay. Like Auntie, Auntie Anne's? Yes. It was like that. Is that Only, what it's called? Auntie Anne's? Yeah. Uh, these were probably, probably not as good as Auntie Anne's, but oh. they were uh, more... Uh, dense and rigid. They would like <laughs> you could, you know, you put the stick in them. They're on a stick. You a could big, prop like up a your big, wobbly uh, table. A with big them? wooden stick. Yeah. So you have these on. Wait, these, they're on a stick. They're on this big like wooden chopstick thing. Yeah. Oh, why? Uh, are they dunked you, in things? Yeah. And, oh. but, and then you just hold the stick like an ice cream cone, you know? Or, or What's a, it dunked? Whatever. In? Uh, my favorite was the pizza one. It would be dunked in tomato sauce, and then that was dunked in Parmesan cheese. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you could also get cheese. Uh huh. I forget how that worked. The cheese is just on the side running. It was a thicker cheese back then. Uh huh. Cheese was thicker cheese, back yeah, then. Yeah, back the when 80s. we were young. Now it's just this. You know, it's like you drink with a straw. It's like Provel. It's, yeah. It's 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 runny. It's gooey at room temperature. Exactly. You ever had Provel? No, but you talk about it all the live long day. <laughs> I feel like I have. I for that that's Provel is an interesting one. For as much as I talk about it, I don't really care about it that much. <laughs> it's nice to have something to talk about sometimes. Yeah. It's like the weather or Provel. Yeah. What's it going to be? When I meet someone in line yeah. at the bank or whatever, yeah. heard that's of Provel. It's one of the first questions I ask them when they're like, "Hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing pretty good." <laughs> have you ever had Provel cheese? <laughs> Mm, what's your favorite kind of cheese besides Provel? You know, I like real skanky cheeses. My favorite, just because it's I've had it the most, it's mm-hmm. more of a comfort food. I really love Swiss cheese. I do too. That's a good cheese. But uh, Lorraine Swiss, I think. It's a, I don't know if that's a kind or a brand. <laughs> has the really <laughs> it has the really small holes. Oh, the tiny holes. Tiny the holes. only little pieces of mold they had to cut. Yes, up. that's um, what I like. I also have had this sheep's milk cheese recently called Esso Erati. Okay. It was very good. I liked it a lot. I made a note I liked it so much. Sounds good. I recently asked your sister-in-law how to pronounce that. She, oh. she didn't know because she said it's not true French. Hmm. So. There you have it. Jared's sister-in-law is French. Oui. My son, this past week he had a play date with some friends. And the his friend's older brother taught him to say the word fess 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 <laughs> uh, well, what that means <laughs> it's a French word it means but <laughs> and these kids these little Canadian kids taught my son to say fess he wow. forgot it though but I remembered it now I say it all the time <laughs> I can't stop talking about it fess tell city pretzels provel cheese these are just the things that I think about all day long. They rattle around in my brain like a marble. We gotta take a quick break. Do we? No, we don't. Just kidding. <laughs> Back to Pretzel Talk with Jared and Mike. Um, 
We're going to have a guest on the show later. Should we mention that? Yeah. We haven't said he, it for the last he, 30 minutes. I mean, so. assuming all, assuming he makes it here. Yeah. Uh, He's not here at the moment. Yeah. Uh, We're going to be joined by... Award-winning. Award-winning graphic novelist, Box Brown. Whom, whom, to hmm. I am a biggest fan. He was in town a few weeks ago at the library for a talk. Yes, indeed. I heard it went very well. <laughs> I heard so. I heard. I heard that too. <laughs> anyway, Box is going to join us. He's got a new book out uh, about Andy Kaufman. Do you say Kaufman or Kaufman? I say Kaufman, but I think I don't know if I'm. Uh, I don't know. I I, I always say Kaufman Kauf- until I watched Kaufman. that um, Jim Carrey documentary. Oh yeah. And now I say Kaufman. <laughs> which I kind of like Kaufman anyway Box Brown has a new Andy Kaufman book that looks beautiful I've held one copy in my hand and it looked great I can't wait to pick it up very soon Uh, he also his prior to that he did a Tetris the story of Tetris in the graphic novel form and I thought it was beautiful and also very interesting he did the new uh, Rugrats oh yeah yeah I haven't read that one me neither yeah (laughs) Alright, let's get back to some music. Do you have something to play or should I? I got something to play. Okay, great. You're on, Daddy. Alright. My Is my mic on? Can you hear me? Where's that reverb? I need the reverb. Alright. Here are... The honey... It's not playing. I didn't hit the play button. Ha-ha! There it is! The Honeycombs with Color Slide! I met you on the beach You weren't too hard to teach I quickly drew you to my side to Unspoken Requests with Jared and Mike. I'm Jared. And I'm Mike over here. And tonight we're talking all about pretzels for two hours. <laughs> which is the new format of the show. Uh, sh- should we keep the name Unspoken Requests with Jared and Mike and make it like Unspoken Requests with Jared and Mike colon a pretzel podcast? A pretzel cast? 
<laughs> a podcast about pretzels. It could be un- or should we change the name to the Pretzel Podcast with Mike and Jared? Or unbroken requests. Unbroken. But the thing is, I, I prefer the broken up pretzels from Tell City Pretzel. Yeah. Someone at work today at my day job gave me a new Hershey's treat. It's a little Hershey's miniature that was chocolate with little bits of uh, toffee in there. Oh, it's great. I like toffee. It made me think, oh, this is what they do with the uh, the Heath bar uh, leaving <laughs> the, the bottom of the, the <laughs> dust in the bottom of the Heath factory. It's probably owned by the same folks. Or score. Is Hershey's make? I think Hershey's says score, which is my preferred toffee bar. Who makes Heath? Is that a Mars I think brand? It's a Mars, it's a Mars I joint. I think score might be the Mars joint. Uh, yeah, could be right. There's no way to find out. So we'll just, <laughs> just let we'll it never be. know. Yeah, listeners, if you know, send us a tweet at. Maybe you're working the the what do you what shift would be third shift at the pretzel factory? What's our Twitter handle? Uh, unspoken requests, but it's uh, not spelled. Okay, so right. misspell unspoken <laughs> requests, and you'll find us on Twitter. I haven't really updated the Twitter account to be brand a, a specific. Good, a good, well, it's just like I need to put information on there <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> but the Twitter handle is unspoken requests, but one of the letters is something else. I just uh, figure if someone who's working in the score factory actually hears this. They can contact us unless set us straight, you know? Yeah, please do. Wherever you are, we hope you're having a great night, and we thank you for listening to us. Oh, should we back announce what we just played so people know what they've oh, been yeah. listening to? We didn't do that at the beginning either. Yeah, those people are long gone. People who heard those tunes are long gone. We're going to do it. We're going to let you know what you just heard. What you just heard... That last one was a band from Montreal, Canada called Men I Trust with a song from their new live record called Tail Whip. Tail Whip. All right. Before that, we heard the brand new single from Fine China from Arizona. Not Thrilled from the Velvet Blue Music album Not Thrilled. What did you hear before that? Oh, another Arizona band, actually. What? Funny, funny, back-to-back AZ. Uh, We heard Seize Candy Girl by Freezing Hands from the album Freezing Hands 2. And to start off that nonstop rock block, we heard Color Slide by The Honeycombs, a Joe Meek production. Mm. Then before that, in the last block of of tunes, well, here's the deal. We started off the show with... What'd you play to start off the show, Mike? Oh, that was Host of a Chance by an old Kentucky band called Hilltop uh, okay. Distillery. Never heard of them. I don't think many people have. Okay. I, I uh, played a show with them once many, many years ago hmm. and bought their CD and really liked it. I still listen to it frequently. Interesting. After that, we heard Genobia Jeter with Things Have Got to Get Better. The word have is in quotation marks in that really? song. Yeah. Things have got to get. I wonder why. <laughs> I think it's. I think it maybe should have been in italics. Ah. Mm-hmm. But you know, it was the eighties. Any, anything anything goes. went with yeah. punctuation. <laughs> Still does, really. Yeah. Oh, and then after that, we heard "Caroline Goodbye" from 
from Colin Blundstone from the album One Year. I don't know what year One Year came out, but it was after 70 the Zombies. 71? I just told Maybe. you I do not know. Oh, gosh. <laughs> he's, uh, he's still with us. He's a living zombie. Yeah, he's a living zombie. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't kept up on his albums after that one, but that album I think is great and beautiful and understated and strange. So our Twitter handle... Oh, you've got it, yeah. <laughs> it exists. No tweets yet. What I was thinking we'd do is we would uh, post all of the... Uh, eventually post what uh, the playlist from the shows, the, number, the names of the guests, and yeah. a link to, to listen to mm-hmm. it after the fact sure. at any time. And that can happen whenever, because those are going to be up on the internet Evergreen. forever. Yeah. Evergreen. Um, unspoken requests, but here's the deal. There's no... E in the word unspoken. <laughs> so it's like, uh, pretend it's unspoken request with like apostrophe in on the spoken. Yeah, like in a hymnal. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> so follow us on Twitter if you can find us. Actually, if you just put in unspoken requests. It'll come up. You know. Type in unspoken, go to Google, type in Twitter space unspoken request space Mike space Jared. And see what that gets you. Exactly. I don't know what that'll get you, but it might lead you. It'll get you in the right direction. It'll get you moving in the right direction. If you have any requests, requests there, you don't need to don't need to tweet us because we already know. That's the whole point of the show. <laughs> Do not send us requests. Exactly. Have requests. Yes, we want you to have them. No, we do not want you to verbalize them. We, I mean, we would if we yourself. needed to, but we don't. We don't need you yeah. to because we know. We know. Just keep them to yourself. Have them. Please have them. But just zip your lips. What's everybody doing tonight out there? Uh, are you asking me? No, I'm talking to our <laughs> listeners, Mike. <laughs> oh. Hey, what are you doing out there tonight? Maybe you're out there. If you're in Bloomington listening to this, you're out there cruising down Walnut. You got one hand on the wheel. How late's Taco Bell open? You just drove through the Taco Bell tra- I just heard, someone told me recently, that there's now a policeman stationed at Taco Bell on Walnut. Uh, or Walnut and College, you know, between the two. Uh, because it gets so rowdy in there on the weekends. Really? Yeah. Uh, that same guy told me he once saw a, a guy in there eating Taco Bell. He pulls out a can of beer and cracks it open right there in the store. <laughs> and drinks it. It's like the Applebee's nightclub. Yeah. Jeez. Gets wild over there. You know what I realized this week? Uh, on the internet, there's a chili cheese burrito tracker map. Wait, what it's do you It's like chilicheese.org or something. Someone's made this website where people can track which Taco Bell locations sell the chili cheese burrito, which is only in like, <laughs> the nearest one is Indianapolis. To oh, they don't I'll sell it at every Taco Bell. No, and that's why there's this, there's this map someone made where you can track which Taco Bell locations sell the chili cheese burrito. Wow. Which I happen to enjoy. That's one of your hot ticket items. It's probably another thing where they, it's like the meat version of broken pretzel bits. <laughs> <laughs> they soak it, is what you're saying. Yeah, soak, yeah. <laughs> Wrap it up. Oh, gosh. That's rough. Yeah. Uh, it's also pretty expensive for what it is. Tell us what it is. It's just Let me guess. It's just my, I don't know what it is. Oh, okay. I'm guessing it's a flour tortilla. Yeah. With uh, that, that Taco Bell meat inside of it. Then 
uh, that Taco Bell cheese inside of it, mm-hmm. and then chili. Kind of. so there's not uh, the chili is it's just cheese and chili and the chili who knows what the chili is it's like it's like uh, you know Wendy's chili is the the hamburgers they goofed yeah. on do you think it's the, this is maybe the meat that fell on the ground or something oh, I was gonna say do you think it's the uh, Wendy's chili that didn't sell <laughs> yeah maybe <laughs> but it's like uh, it's more um, like they put it in a blender or something it's more oh, of a okay. smooth it's like unknown. a puree yes. <laughs> Sounds. I think it's uh, funny, and uh, an American uh, heroism that Taco Bell essentially <clears throat> they have about five ingredients over there, and they have rearranged those five ingredients into 120 different concoctions and combinations, and keep selling it to people. All the food there tastes yeah. exactly the same. I I'm fine with that flavor. I don't love it, but I eat it. It's fine. Some people go nuts for it, and they just keep selling new items, but it's all the same stuff. It's brilliant. They're geniuses. It really is. The PepsiCo that owns Taco Bell, full of geniuses. Pepsi went back to their old uh, their old logo. Did you see that? No. What's the old... Is that the bird one? With the sunglasses, the Woodstock bird? <laughs> what are you talking about? Pepsi, man. Who's the Pepsi, it's man? It's the new voice of a new generation. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm talking about the old logo. It was red on the red, the ball, and blue, the ball. Yeah. Isn't that what it's always been? Yeah, but it has the old uh, word Pepsi in the middle, like it used oh, to. Okay. The old word, the old English word, <laughs> Pepsi. Yeah. <laughs> oh, brother. So we. Have- Anyways, we gotta go. We gotta take a, a short break here yeah. in a minute. We're gonna play a song, and we'll come back. Hopefully, and with Box Lord Willen, we we'll have Boxy Brown here. And we'll talk about his new book, talk about his old books, talk about whatever he wants to talk about. How much time do we have? We, I'm trying to, I, I, we need to pick a song that's the appropriate length. I've got, I'm all over the map over here. I gotcha. I got one to take us home. All right, take us home. All right, we'll be back right after this. We'll be back soon. That was Scientist with Party Time on the Enterprise from the album Heavy Metal Dub. Where's my reverb?
Where's my reverb? Welcome back to Unspoken Requests with Jared and Mike. Where's my bed music? You got a lot of demands. I need the bed music. Bump up the bed music. Hold on a second. I'm trying to figure out why things aren't working properly. What's wrong? I don't know. So I'm trying to figure out. Maybe you have some undealt with sin in your life that you need to take care of. It's a possibility. Hey. Yes? Good news, Mike. Uh-huh. For the last half of the show, as promised, we have a very, very special guest. Who? All the way from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Give me that reverb. <laughs> Box Brown. <laughs> hey, thanks for joining us, Box. Hello. Box is in town on a world tour promoting his new book, Andy Kaufman. It's called. Is this guy? <laughs> it's called. Is this guy for real? That's it. You told me if I came on your show, you'd plug my book. Uh, yeah, you I would mean, think. Come on. Think he'd uh, at least have it written on a little scrap of paper or something. <laughs> the reason we called it "Is this guy for real" and not Andy Kaufman is because uh, none of the interns at first second knew who Andy Kaufman was. Really? Wow. Yeah. At first it was going to be called Andy Kaufman is this guy for real maybe or something like that. But now we relegated Andy Kaufman's name to the subtitle. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I just assume everyone knows the same things that I do. Yeah. It's it's good to good good for perspective. I don't want to embarrass anyone. Oh brother. But tonight at your talk at the library uh, someone whom I was there with, uh, I won't say who, but someone that I was there in attendance with told me later that she asked, uh, or she thought it was cool that you uh, did this fictionalized version of Andy Kaufman where he was also a wrestler. Because <laughs> she didn't know oh. he had a history of pro wrestling until wow. until in the middle of your thing. She was like, See? oh, this is for real. I'm glad that I did it. I'm glad that I did it then because yeah. his his wrestling career... Is crazy important to his career, right? To understanding yeah. Andy Kaufman. But it, it was also like, I feel incredibly important to pro wrestling history. Uh, as like, for one thing, it, it, it pushed Jerry Lawler into absolute mainstream. You know, he still wrestled in Memphis after that. but And he didn't go to the WWE, uh, or was WWF at the time, for like probably another 10 years. But but the, Dave Letterman is the only exposure people would have had to him in you know other parts of the yeah, country. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Totally, it was huge for Jerry Lawler, and and I really think you know his his uh, him being in and he, him being so good helped <clears throat> propel celebrities into pro wrestling. I also just thought the way you presented it tonight. I've not read the book yet. I bought it tonight at the talk, um, but the notion that you presented of him being inspired by pro wrestling and then using that to become Andy Kaufman that we know I thought was very compelling like once you said it it was like oh yeah that makes total sense just in the way that he sticks to his characters the whole time and sells things yeah. you know the way he sells yeah. all of his bits it yeah. totally makes sense it's very and, and all of the uh, all of his antagonist characters are based on heel wrestling yeah like exactly like it's he's just taking that character i mean if you can imagine taking a, you know think about like some of the 
the you know bad, big bad guys of pro wrestling like taking like say like a Stan Hansen or something and putting him on television it would be ridiculous like Stan Hansen would be chewing tobacco and like yeah. <laughs> barely coherent speech and all this stuff but that's what Andy did I mean like it it, it, it was ridiculous outside of the outside of the wrestling arena so you guys are definitely more wrestling historians than I am what would have been Mike knows way more than he ever wanted to about wrestling from being buddies <laughs> with me I feel bad for dragging <laughs> well, him into so I grew up against his will kind of I grew up on in the margins of a wrestling family so uh-huh. I was not a wrestling fan but my cousins were like extreme wrestling sure. fans so we would I knew the names of wrestlers from just playing wrestling and watching it with them at their house but they were like you know, right. three times a week watching yeah. the TV and reading the magazines and the whole thing. Uh, but yeah, so my exposure has been uh, ramped up being friends with Jared and Zach as an adult, which I never thought would happen yep. to me. But here I am. Uh, but here's the question. <laughs> That's nice. Thanks. I don't know why <laughs> Nice I punctuation on, on <laughs> my, uh, my exclamation there. What would uh, possibly Andy Kaufman's exposure to wrestling have been because it's way different than what we think of now. Right. So I can tell you, like, exactly what it was. Oh, great. Um, he, uh, he watched... It was, it was on TV. Okay. Right? So it would have been... He lived in Long Island. So it would have been on, um, like, Fox. The Fox affiliate. Mm-hmm. Um, on Sundays and Saturdays. Saturday, Saturday and Sunday mornings. Definitely... I think that that's when it was on then because this was like the late 60s but they could have done evening stuff too um, but it was on TV and it was like the time you know Bruno San Martino this was the New York territory so it was like the Worldwide Wrestling Federation uh, Vince McMahon Sr. Uh, Bruno San Martino and he loved Buddy Rogers who was um the Nature Boy, Buddy Rogers. I mean, oh, that's where funny. Ric Flair got his stole his gimmick, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, even as much he stole his finishing move, everything. He took the whole character, wow. um, and uh, you know, it was just like a blonde guy, and he and he sh- did the strut. That that was the big his big thing was that he, you know, he he was a bad guy. He would come out and be like. I got the brains, you know, uh, the best wrestling you've ever seen in your life has come out of this body and I am the greatest, you know, like he was like one of these fir- the first guys that had this really great person, heel personality and he would taunt the wrestler and everyone hated him. But Andy lo- like loved him. Like it was a weird thing. Like in the nineties and stuff, bad guys became cool yeah. and it became cool to like the bad guys. But before then you hated the bad guys. It would be like rooting for the, like, you know, when you go to, like, a carnival and there's, like, the dunk tank? Yeah. And the person in the dunk tank, their job is to, like, get people mad enough to, like, want to dunk them. And, like, it would be, like, rooting for that guy. Yeah. Like, you just want to see him get dunked. Like, so, like, you would never root for the bad guy when you're watching wrestling. But Andy liked Buddy Rogers. Um, and uh, he talks about, you know, his, his dad taking him to see wrestling and... And he, and, and he even wrote, he wrote about, or Bill Zeme wrote about it in Welcome to the Funhouse about um, the last time he, 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 wrestling got ruined for him. And it was when Buddy Rogers lost the title 
to Bruno San Martino. But it was also, first of all, in Andy's mind, no one could beat Bruno or um, Buddy Rogers. So when Bruno beat him, it ruined it because he would never beat him, you know? <laughs> uh, but also it kind of was like that moment where I think wrestling gets ruined for a lot of people where it's like 13, you're like 13, and suddenly you're watching wrestling under a different eyes than when you're a kid where it's either i think that's like a turning point either you're because that by the time you're that old you realize that it's you're not watching a real thing yeah you know whereas when you're a kid you're like ah the sort of romance is yeah so like either at puberty you're like who cares if it's staged or not or or whatever or you're fascinated for it for whatever reason anyway and you stay on or it's like finding out that santa claus is real isn't real or whatever and uh and, and you just lose interest because you're like yeah. oh, that's fake you know so he lost interest for a long time and he didn't watch wrestling for probably like a decade and, and then when he was in his 20s he was in new york and stuff and he would attend Mad- madison square garden events but this time watching it f- from a different perspective where he's watching it as these guys are performers right and trying to figure out what they're doing and all this stuff. And that's when he really got back into it was like later on in life. Did you, I know Jared did. Uh, did you go through a period of time like that? Like after 13 where you sort of fell off or have you been into no, wrestling? Uh, it, I, it was weird. Like um, I kind of got into wrestling after the peak of when everyone else did. Uh-huh. So like, wrestling kind of the 80s boom kind of peaked in like 1988 early 1988 let's say um but i was like not like i remember being in like kindergarten or whatever and this just would have been like 85 and i remember like people talking about mr t and like i was aware of this stuff but i didn't really watch it and then because my dad didn't watch it or anything like that. Like, there was no one around showing it to me. Yeah. You know? I just remember kids talking about it. And then um, later on, when I was, like, 10 or something, um, this new kid moved to town, and we were, like, hanging out with him. And he was, like, way into wrestling. He'd bring in WWF magazine and stuff. And, like, and then that's kind of how I got to know who the characters were, and I started watching it Saturday mornings. Um, so this was, like, WrestleMania between WrestleMania five and six, which was kind of like late in this, in this popularity crest. So, cause like this was like 1990, let's say by 1995, they were like absolutely in the toilet and like nobody was watching it. So like 92, 93, 94, 95, it's like the low point for wrestling. But I was like way still into it. So like, I was like embarrassed by this. So I like never <laughs> told anybody in high school. I was just like, it was like my secret hobby that I like watched by <laughs> myself. Um, and then, but I watched it all through high school and stuff. But then in the late nineties, it started getting popular again and it matured in, in a, like it became like an R rated show kind of. Yeah. But it, like then at that point when it started, I would have probably grown out of it if it didn't change completely to a show for 18 year olds. Oh, sure. You know? Mm-hmm. So like right as I maybe would have grown out of it. It, it. it reached a new height of popularity. And now this was like when I was like 18 in, in freshman year in college, 
everyone in my dorm watched wrestling and everybody talked about it. And I was like the king of it because I knew everything. <laughs> I like knew everyone's backstories and everything. And, and they'd be like, whoa, how does this guy, you know, all this stuff. I'm like, yeah, I just know, know wrestling, you know? And I kept watching it. I watched it. But then it, I bailed out though, eventually at some point, like in the early 2000s, maybe like 2000. One or two thousand two. That's, that's exactly the same as me. It was like two thousand one, and I didn't really watch it for like <laughs> ten or twelve ten years. years probably. Yeah. Like I remember, like uh, leading up to WrestleMania thirty is when I got back into it. What was going on at WrestleMania thirty? Uh, Daniel Bryan. Uh, oh yeah, was that was won, fantastic. So yeah, that's when I got back into it. But otherwise, yeah, for like two thousand one, two thousand two onward, didn't really know what was going on. Yeah, I think also that? like that parallels the waning and overall, overall, in the culture. Like, it, you know, it hit its peak in like 2000 or 2001, and then WCW went out of business, and then it just kind of slowly lost. Everyone lost interest in it, and then uh, they kind of. I feel like they may have had a little bit of a resurgence around 2011, 2012, like where. It started to creep. It's 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 such a huge thing now, mm-hmm. you know. It's like a, such a huge mainstream thing. Like it's, you know, they have a whole aisle of Toys R Us. It's just WWE and, and not just to- not just Toys R Us, tar- Target and yeah. you know Walmart or whatever. Um, there's so many like niche things now. Like there's well even like bigger like the there's a tag team the Young Bucks who have like this huge line at Hop Top Topic. But they're no. just on like they're not WWE. It's just they're free. They're uh, uh, yeah, they're Ring of Honor in New Japan, which like the yeah, most people don't, most normal people have never heard of those <laughs> things, you know. Right. But they're like huge and sell millions of whatever. They're hugely popular now, and and uh, yeah. So now it's like I got back into it in like 2011, and now I'm like I hardly watch WWE anymore. Like I can't really watch the. I it, you know it stinks is like it's a show. That you love wrestling, but the television show is bad. Yeah. Mm. And it's long. It's like three hours long. <laughs> and you really, there's like one hour of content that you want to see in I there. really want to enjoy it. It's hard though. But like, I'm. It's, this is the type of year, time of year where it gets exciting though. It's like the Royal Rumble and then WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, so is there someplace else you go? Okay, this is the question that I wanted to ask in the middle of this conversation. Mm-hmm. Is at dinner we were talking about sort of the territory sure. system. Mm-hmm. What is 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 there an equivalent to that now, or is there something that has replaced that with these smaller, uh, what do you call them, enterprises? I guess. And and where the are indies. yeah the indies? And yeah. where are the new wrestlers coming up from? So uh, it's it's uh, different. So the territory system was like a mob system. Okay. Like it was a cartel, basically. <laughs> right. Um, it was like all these loosely affiliated businessmen agreed not to infringe on each other's business territories, but it aided that all of them got aided by this because, um, you know, like a guy would come out and, and be in New York and be there for a few years and eventually the character gets played out and they've had matches with everybody and then they would move on to another territory when they'd be brand new again and they could do refine kind of like their act and their character in front of all these different audiences um but that got changed with like the advent of cable television and also vince mcmahon bought out all of these smaller companies slash put them out of business slash bought all the talent like it was really like as uh ruthless an enterprise as, yeah. as it could have been um 
And so, you know, but then there were still always like other organizations that weren't quite that high. You know, there's WCW was their main rival that stuck around, which was like, but what was WCW? Basically the NWA Carolinas, essentially. And other in Florida, kind of. Yeah, at least starting out. Yeah. Yeah, and then it like the Georgia mid- Championship Wrestling. Georgia, yeah. Yeah, and it ended up becoming like the, another national brand because t- because Turner had the like the CBS, which was the super station, yeah. like right. meaning you know everyone in the country could see it. So that yeah, that's when they went like a national. That was great. I remember when I discovered that that existed, uh-huh. and it was like, what. It was like there's a parallel universe. <laughs> I, no, I I first got into it in 1990. So between WrestleMania six VI and seven, mm-hmm. and uh, by watching WWF Superstars on Saturday on Saturday morning. mornings, yeah. And then eventually I realized, well, there's another show that comes on. I think after it or before it, there was WCW. But it always seemed to me like because I saw the WWF first, first this was like inferior and like right, more like you know off-brand whatever because it wasn't as colorful and the lighting and stuff was gritty it was just and, like slightly not as uh, good kind of yeah but L- like looking back if it were you know in my eyes now it was better probably plus it was different for kid. different people like i have a friend um uh robert that uh he does a uh professional zine called the atomic elbow oh yeah we know robert, we know robert. Yeah, you yeah. know robert okay yeah. so robert his dad told him that WWF was fake and WCW oh. was real. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so he's like, there's guys that were, you know, this, those people that in that region that, you know, that WCW was the yeah. top and WWE was kind of full. And that was in the territory days, that kind of rang true because WWF was in New York and it's New York City, so you could draw... And they had... Mad- Madison Square Garden was their home arena. Yeah. So you didn't have to do as much to draw people in because it mm-hmm. was in such like a huge city. That's what they said. And it kind of is true. Like, Southern wrestling is more dynamic and fast-paced, and there was always more... It was bloodier and... Well, and you talked tonight about them, in Memphis anyway, being open to Andy Kaufman, a celebrity coming in sure. as like a draw. Yeah, know? because... Yeah. They would, Memphis especially, they would, you know, and this is what it was like in these small territories. They would run the same house every Monday, a 10,000 seat arena, and they wanted to sell that thing out every Monday. Yeah. Um, so they would do, you know, they had their local TV show where they would do kind of angles, but never do any of the payoffs. Like none of the big matches happened on TV. They were all at the arena. They would just set stuff up on the TV show. Mm, which is like the opposite now. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, now it seems like payoffs are on pay-per-views or whatever yeah. but, yeah. it's not even paper i mean it's it's weird now because they have the wwe network right yeah which is totally a different thing it's like instead of like just getting 40 bucks twice a year or three times a year from people they get 10 bucks a month from them every <laughs> month right and it's weird it doesn't make sense in a way because pay-per-views were like Topping out at like fifty bucks or whatever more. I remember, like, I, I think WrestleMania is probably like sixty dollars or something at this point. Mm-hmm. But you could get it on the network for ten bucks. It's weird. It changes everything. And you have access to full archive, right? Of like 
Or mostly? Is it full? Yeah. I mean, they have all the WWE. They have a lot of stuff. Of the, It's all the pay-per-views, and then they've also been buying out tape libraries from other okay. smaller territories yeah. throughout, like... They just put a, the old like Mid Atlantic Territory stuff. Does from the Turner early still 80s. own the WCW stuff? No, they no, WWF. They bought. It, yeah. That's what when they bought it. Basically, it wasn't worth much as a com- functioning company. Yeah. Really, uh, I think the biggest draw of buying it, which they bought for relatively cheap, was the tape library. Yeah, yeah, uh, that was a big benefit because they had to buy out all these guys' contracts, and yeah. all these guys were getting extremely overpaid by Ted Turner. We're talking about Sting, right? Mm-hmm. And who else was WCW? Sting was like the guy who never came to WWF. He was, oh, okay. Yeah. Ric Flair. Ric Flair, right. Yeah. Okay. Lex yeah. Luger was big. Mm-hmm. You know, like the Road Warriors were big there. Um, and then Hulk Hogan went there after his WWF oh. career. So like in 1994, when, when WWF started hitting the toilet, and WCW was also in the toilet. <laughs> I mean, it was just a terrible time for wrestling. That's when Hulk Hogan came over, and that's like the worst stint of Hogan's career when he was still a babyface in WCW. Mike is familiar with the album uh, Hulk Hogan and the Wrestling Boot Band. Wrestling that's Boot true. Band. Yeah, that yeah. is when uh, right after he came to WCW, it was still like Red and Yellow oh, USA. Okay. Hulk Hogan. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, and that was just really bad. Because then it was NWA after that, right? Or was it was that NWA first? First. NWA then, is the Res- National Wrestling Wrestling Alliance. Which that's not what I meant to say. You meant to say NWO. I meant to say NWO. Yeah. Oh right. That was just a yeah. fake group. Thing. And was that yeah. a WCW or a WW? WCW? WCW. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. that was. Part of what made the 90s boom was that NWO thing when Hulk yeah. Hogan turned heel. Yeah. Which was huge. It would be. It was in like newspapers, I remember. Yeah. Like actual newspapers. It was a huge, <laughs> huge deal. Yeah, he's a bad guy. Um, the only thing, the equivalent now would be like if John Cena became a bad guy. Yeah. Like John Cena's so beloved by like five year olds. <laughs> like that's his main <laughs> audience. It would be like he'd have to like come out and like beat up a five year old and everybody would hate him. <laughs> and it would be huge. He'd have enough. I mean, his career is different. I mean, he's into TVs and TV shows and movies already, but if he needed a jump start to his career, he could turn heel and do another t- five, ten years if he wanted to. You think you'll do more wrestling themed books, or do you want to kind of make it, uh, or do you not want to be like pigeonholed as a wrestling? Uh, I mean, I couldn't help guy. doing the Andy Coffin book as a wrestling book. Yeah. Um, I think that was like my only, my only way to shine a new light onto Andy's um story um it feels like a good loophole for you too you get to do wrestling but it's also an andy kaufman book. yeah <laughs> it made it kind of a unique book uh, but and i love wrestling so much but i'm kind of i have like a uh, other stuff on my mind right now like fish and bloopers <laughs> yeah fish and bloopers <laughs> for one uh but I'll, i've been thinking a lot about and this kind of ties into wrestling that era but how um, the Reagan administration affected television and other media at the time. Uh, and like how weird it was that they used different strokes as like a mouthpiece for like their agenda. Um, and like also. That was like the drug war stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I only know a little bit about that. Yeah, he, they, you know, Nancy Reagan was on yeah. different strokes. All right. Um, and. Uh, the other thing I think that is crazy is that under Reagan, they deregulated the advertising market and allowed f- for stuff like G.I. Joe and Transformers and He-Man, which were essentially 30-minute 
commercials for a toy. Yeah. And uh, like hearing the stories about how they came up with He-Man and stuff is hilarious. Have you seen that new He-Man documentary yes. on Netflix? It's I've amazing. It. Oh, it's really good. It's it's great because it's all about it's it was fully just about selling this product. <laughs> like they didn't all the creative things were just dictated by the product. They'd be like, "We need this toy in the thing. Fit it into the story somehow." <laughs> and to me that's it's hilarious now, but it's and it's interesting thinking about it that way, but I also think there was this crazy side effect of all this, um, like all this nonstop, basically propaganda, psychological, you know, the way they used the psycho- psychology of chil- children, you yeah. know, to sell these toys. Like it stuck with the, with people like that's and it's not just He-Man, but I feel like that's a good example of how like the people there's a thriving He-Man figure market now for collectors. You know, and these are people that are, they were like brainwashed by, in, you know, actually companies that were trying to brainwash them. And I'm one of these people, you know what I mean? Like I have this affinity that stuck with me my whole life and all this stuff. And do you think that has affected the way now that you interact with other media and what you expect from other media I think, in terms of, I mean, or maybe it's like uh, product placement or even more egregious commercials are you're blind to them almost i think it's weird now because like every cartoon show has action figures and nobody thinks twice about it but it's they just know that going into they still they think about the cartoon in a creative way i think the thing that sets those shows those other shows apart is that it wasn't a creative it wasn't a cartoon that they made toys from it was a toy product line that they were advertising specifically and every with new stuff all the time and you know yeah it's weird it's just a weird thing it's it's different i always feel that way a little bit when i think about like the street fighter movie Mm -hmm. like stuff like that where where they make a movie out of a video game and have to come up with a story to explain why these characters are relating to each other where in the video game it's just because you're fighting or on some whatever, or whatever yeah. maybe yeah yeah like they always have some kind of storyline but it's just like a few sentences right. at the end or <laughs> like Mortal Kombat like you didn't really know the whole thing it was kind of like in the booklet a little bit but but then they had to make a whole movie out yeah. of it uh, yeah yeah I don't I, I think that that like the whole like I was watching did you ever watch The Century of Self no, I don't know. Or did you have you seen hypernormalization? Yes. Okay, so that guy, I forget his name, that did hypernormalization. I don't think he has a name. No, no he does. <laughs> Otherwise, we'd be able to think of it. I was never given a name. Uh, he did a movie called The Century of Self. That's about how they developed propaganda techniques, and then how is this guy Edward Bernays used those ad- propaganda techniques to onto advertising and they started tying emotions to advertising and they knew that this was like it kind of an evil thing to do you're like manipulating the public in a mass way and so they put, wrote laws into the books that said you can't do this to children you can't use these techniques on children we should protect them and then reagan came with reagan came in and was like no no we can do that to them and he got that's his guy got rid of all all regulation. We also got out of that the removal of the fairness doctrine, which is which 
made it so if you had a political show, you had to show both sides of an issue. Yeah. So like every political show is basically like meet the press where it's like Republican guy talks, Democrat guy talks, and then you see both sides. When they lifted that, the fairness doctrine, it allowed for Rush Limbaugh and right and left wing talk radio. I mean, you can argue that right wing talk radio is what the beginnings of why we're yeah. where we're at now. Yeah. Adam Curtis is the name Adam we're Curtis. thinking of. Yes. I, I looked that up. I didn't just nice. think of it. <laughs> Highly recommend The Century of Self. It's all on YouTube for free. And hypernormalization. Both of those, if you want to feel like absolute hell about <laughs> society. Yeah. I was like, I was I've glad I watched it, but I was like, oh man, yeah. I feel... <laughs> hypernormalization like came out the day Trump was elected too. Like it was while people were still in this like mournful cloud. Oh. Yeah, that stuff's good for you, though. Yeah. yeah. Century of Self is really illuminating about... the. It's about the 1900s and how, like... I'm going to make a note, actually. It's very good. Remember when they made that video game about Spot from 7-Up? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just thought of that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Noid, I think, had a video game, oh, too. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think you were just supposed to uh, avoid him. Avoid the <laughs> He's chasing away. you the whole game. He yeah. ruined pizzas, right? Yeah, there, there, there were people. He stole them yeah. or ruined them. Yeah. yeah, I just knew you had to avoid the noise. That's all. There, uh, Andy, Andy B. in my second in second grade mm-hmm. went as the no, the noid for Halloween. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so they sold Halloween costumes. Did you avoid him at all costs? Yeah. Oh, Good. what was there was weird. I remember like being a kid and loving Spuds McKenzie. Yeah. yeah. Which I was like, he was a beer mascot. Yeah. yeah. That's what it was. He was Spuds <laughs> McKenzie. Party the party The party animal, I think. There was, yeah, party animal Spuds McKenzie. There was Rude, Rude Dog. Dog. <laughs> yeah. Not a lot of good canine male, uh, canine role models for yeah. us youngsters. Yeah. <laughs> We're drinking, being rude. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Rude Dog. How did Rude Dog start? We were talking about this. It started as a t-shirt. t-shirt. became a cartoon. I think it was a t-shirt, yeah. The um, there was a weird cartoon. I was talking about this the other day with somebody that they made a cart a Gary Coleman cartoon. Oh, but it's called the Gary Coleman Show. But in it, he's not Gary Coleman. He's like Dave or something. <laughs> like he's he playing. It's his voice lending to himself. That's a character because he did this movie where he played like it was like Angels in the Outfield kind of, but. Gary Coleman and the cartoons based on that. So he's an angel. Oh my gosh. It. It's really weird. Yeah. They made like 25 episodes or something. Have you ever seen the Garbage Pail Kids cartoon? Not the cartoon. I saw the movie. They they uh, made it a whole season and they shelved it and didn't put it out on DVD until like, like three or four years ago, I guess. I saw it at the library. Was it too gross? It was gross. Yeah. yeah. It was like they were like turned to snot and like slide under doors and stuff and like their eyeballs would fall out. But yeah, it's like yeah. a cute looking cartoon. I, I, found the, I found the Rude Dog in the Dweebs intro. The Rude Dog in oh, the do Dweebs. Yeah, let's play it. Slam your eyeballs against this. I'm a sneaking in people and scoping a scene, you know, comping a major dude. When I cut loose this bunch of dweebs, whoa, I've been trying to teach him some rude. Not uh, dog, that is. He's rude, dog. And the dweebs. Rude, dog. Such a rude, dog. Yo, dudes, get rude. <laughs> 
Who was the voice? I've never of seen it? that before. I like that. Who do you think was the voice of Rude Dog? Uh, it sounds familiar a little it bit. It was like an Italian kind of accent. Was yeah. What did you say? Yeah. Are you going to look it up? Yes. Who was the voice of Rude, Rude Dog? <laughs> if you're playing along at home, uh, think to yourself and just say it out loud into your radio. <laughs> Who was the voice of Rude Dog? <laughs> box do you know about uh oh rob paulson rob paulson did he do what else did he do yeah uh you know who else was on rude dog and the dweebs dave coulier really nice from the Atlanta smart set song yeah, yeah. right <laughs> um did you know that peter vankman oh the, 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 i think no, i know where you're going to, i think i know where you're going for with this and it's funny okay it's good uh, yeah yeah you continue then. Oh, well, I, were you going to say that? Okay, so in the Ghostbusters cartoon. Yeah. Right? The real the guy, Ghostbusters. Yeah, the real Ghostbusters. Yeah. Yeah. The guy who voiced Peter Vankman was yeah. Lorenzo Music. Yes. Who voiced Garfield on yes. the cartoon. You and then it. Bill Murray voiced Garfield in the <laughs> Garfield movie. Yes. So and and also Peter played voiced. Peter Vankman. Yes. Oh, and played Peter Vankman. <laughs> and yes, IRL versions of yes. both. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. <laughs> that job. is weird. I, I mean... Can't make this stuff up, I wonder folks. if, like, there was something when they were casting Garfield, there was like, you know, Bill Murray sounds like yeah. Lorenzo Music. If we can't get one, we'll get the other. <laughs> Lorenzo Music also um, voiced a character on a sitcom where he was, like, the doorman, and you never saw his face or anything it was oh, just his uh, voice like wilson yeah yeah right right like on on uh home improvement, home improvement. yeah yeah <laughs> that, what a home what a mess of a show home improvement was and it, it ran for like 10 years long time yeah god i haven't watched it in, in a while uh, what he was building a car that whole time. <laughs> he, he would. I think they would. Uh, he'd eventually finish it, and they, he would build a different car. Oh, there was more than yeah, one. yeah. Because okay. like it would go slowly, and he'd finish it. And I think that he would all get make different cars too. Okay. How do you have time to do that? Build a car, and raise three children, and host have his own idea. TV show. <laughs> you guys remember the Home Improvement? Uh, uh, I think it was Super Nintendo game. No, I remember they. I never played yeah. it, but I remember it, I've seen clips of it before. Is it? It's like a, a platformer. Yeah, I don't know anything about it. What's the objective? Build the hot rod. I think you just. It's probably think, like you jump you up and hammer. Down, yeah. Collect your always screws <laughs> that are flying around or something. Yeah. Ride a lawnmower, probably. Yeah. Uh -huh. I remember playing like the Ren and Stimpy game. Oh yeah. For uh, Genesis and. It, I remember it being not... It wasn't a very good game, really, but it was kind of good. Like, the animation was kind of good in it. It's weird they would make games, like, just to capitalize on the property. And yeah, then, right. Like, e that E.T. Atari game is, like, oh, the yeah. worst, most egregious example. <laughs> what are you just, just finding Reese's Pieces? Eating them? It's, like, unplayable. Really? Yeah. There's a documentary about it. Oh. Because they... There's like a landfill where they all went. It killed the American video game market because they they were like ET was like the biggest movie yeah. ever, you know, and and they they made like two million 
copies of it and sold like a hundred thousand. Did it like get out that it was a bad game? Yeah, somehow? it was just and it was and supposed then... to be this big hit thing. Now there's like a whole landfill that's just filled with <laughs> ET, ETs, Ataris, Atari games. But the, I was talking today about the the Home Alone game and the Home Alone yeah. Two game and like they made games out of everything. Yeah, I I still think that there should be a a good pro wrestling game where you don't actually wrestle you just yeah. like our vince mcmahon oh like sims or something yeah yeah like roller coaster tycoon yeah <laughs> where you're just like vince mcmahon and and like you play through the ter- it starts maybe in like idea. the 80s or something and you play through the territory system and you have to become the national when you have so thing. much money you can take their, their yeah, biggest yeah, yeah. star you start buying out other other organizations and eventually it comes down to two yeah it, it doesn't have to be new york and georgia it could have been it could have gone any way, you know, maybe. And it could be like, it could be combined with like a racing game. So there's like, you know, making the towns in your car. You're like, <laughs> you got to be like, <laughs> that would be Dick Murdoch drunk thing. driving. And, uh, that would be if it was, like, that would have to be if it was from the perspective of the wrestler. Yeah, 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 that's true. I always picture it being like, uh, wrestler, it would be like the ultimate war. Like there's a story about the ultimate warrior at SummerSlam. One of the SummerSlams, he was like. I'm not going to come out unless you pay me like... Oh, yeah. SummerSlam 91. Yeah. In Philadelphia. Born and raised. Yeah. That's what... Was that the, the, the Ultimate Warrior in that? Well, he, he, he said he wouldn't come out unless he paid him a certain amount of money. And then he paid him and then they, they fired him or something. Yeah. Right after that. So, that, yeah, because they couldn't like have him not be on the show they advertised. But then right. like, yeah, if you're going to do that, then... Yeah. Later, dude. His promo in that was... Uh, he was he was wrestling Rick Rude. And he goes, he's with Mean Gene Oakland, and he's like, Mean Gene, what do Rick Rude and the Liberty Bell have in common? One is cracked, and the other is a ding dong. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. <laughs> oh, that man. doesn't mean anything at all. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. doesn't make any sense. Uh, hey, let's, we got to get back to the music. Okay. Let's play a song and then we'll come back and talk some more. Hey, what's up? I was going to say. Oh, yeah. Please, please say it, Mike. Well. Go right ahead, Mike. <laughs> All right. I don't have to take this abuse. I was going to say, why don't we play I Trusted You, which we talked about earlier, and then we can come back and talk to Box more about his work. Great idea. If my computer works, it wasn't working before. Let's see if it works this time. Something's gone very wrong over here. You are not good at this. Hang on. You you keep saying something, and I'll figure I'll figure this out. All right. That song I trusted you is totally made oh, by yeah, that. Set it up. That's good. It's made by the bass line. <laughs> oh oh yeah. yeah, definitely. It's like yeah. the best part. That my favorite part is when Andy gets down on one knee and he's just like, "I trusted you, I trusted you," and then he points to the to the bass player or whatever. And he's like, he goes back into it. It's such a good song. It that is. little, like, catchy little yeah. hook that they do over and over again. Uh, I was telling you, yeah, we, we our old band learned that. And then I was on the way over here, uh, was reminded that um, our friend Zach, his band also covered it. <laughs> so, uh, oh, really? It's been good. Yeah. Uh, I think Rodeo Ruby Love covered it at some point. You want to play it on my, on my uh, machine Yeah, right you here? may have to. I don't know what's going on. Mine is just broken. Have you play, paid your internet bill on your computer? Yeah, you got to pay that every day, right? Oh, maybe not. 
You just gotta slide the Bitcoin in the side, my man. Everything is right. Everything's correct. And it's just not working. This is just... You've got it. Okay. I got it, Daddy. I trusted you, 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 I trusted you. I trusted you, 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 I I gotta ask you uh, I really appreciate that you were still giggling during that clip uh, I'm surprised it hasn't become unfunny to you it's uh, still so I every time I see any of his stuff it's instantly funny to me again it's like 
it's hard for it to get old because it's like physical humor it's just like it's it's like a sight gag or something it's like it's like you know uh, even though you know it's coming like there's a scene in arrested development where uh where david cross slips on slips on a martini that's on the floor and he kicks his leg up in such a hilarious way to me it's like very funny i know it's coming and i still laugh every time because it's just so silly looking i think that's like what andy what makes andy like continually funny it's not just i guess it's because it's not just the sight part of it because it's like i didn't see any of it just now and yeah. i still thought it was funny um that ending where he's kind of like screaming incoherently there's this great part when he was when he was uh um, doing his run with Jerry Lawler in Memphis, he often had to like telephone in because he'd be in like Manhattan or whatever and couldn't get to couldn't get to Memphis. And there's this part where he, he calls in, and Lance Russell is interviewing him over the phone, and he's just like holding the phone up to a microphone, kind of, and he's like, Andy, uh, Lance Russell was like this amazing. He, I mean, I think he just came out of the like an announcing position yeah like the news station or something yeah like yeah. yeah he was yeah. like a great announcer uh and he'd be like uh well mr kaufman uh jerry the king lawler has said that so and so blah 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 and then andy's like you tell jerry the king lawler i will get down there i will kill him i will cut him down blah, 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 blah. And he like rattles off so fast over and over again it's like com- ends up being like completely and totally incoherent and he just it's like Lance Russell holding a phone up to a microphone. Then it's just total incoherent babbling. <laughs> and it's just so good. It reminds me a lot of the ending of I Trusted You. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, you, when you were describing uh, that scene from Arrested Development and other things that stick with you like that, it reminded me that this week we watched The Three Amigos. We haven't oh, yeah. watched it in a really long time. It's one of my favorite movies ever. And there are two things in that movie that are like that for me. One is when... Um, they're about to have a El Guapo's birthday party and there's a mariachi band playing and they're coming down the steps and the first guy that's playing the violin that comes down the steps does this leg shake that's very strange and it just looks weird and I giggle at it every time <laughs> for for now 25 years or yeah, something yeah. since I've seen that movie. And then the other thing is when, uh, when Ned Niederlander falls from the, uh, he's holding the like, pinata rope thing and he falls and they have an obvious weighted dummy who just <laughs> smashes the table very hard head first and it kills me every time i love it um i love the uh what's the scene that i love oh my favorite part in, in that movie it's in the beginning kind of is where they're sneaking it back into the studio oh, yeah. to get their outfits yeah. and steve martin's on the roof and he's like all right i'm gonna whistle to you guys so you'll know when i'm when, when i'm in and he's like <laughs> and they're like don't hear it or not looking yeah. and he's like Caw-caw. hello hey look over here look over here <laughs> me and my wife do that all the time when we're trying to take a photo of our baby we're like hey Caw-caw. look over here look over here <laughs> i love that that is a great movie i mean it's like those three hilarious oh, comedians yeah. all together yeah like, i love it it's what well, yeah one of my favorites randy newman soundtrack that's right and you know it's his only film writing credit he co-wrote he, the movie he co-wrote oh really the movie yeah with with really steve martin with steve martin yeah. yeah i didn't know that well you know you do i but believe you i trust you i trusted you with that 
Uh, Box, let me, we're almost out of time. We're getting very close here. So let me ask you one more serious question, hard-hitting okay. journalistic question. It's like hard copy. I'll try um, to answer. It's like a current affair up in here. Uh, <laughs> are there other things for you like wrestling where you have somewhat of an obsessive fandom over them? And when you're doing research for your books, do you sli- do you find yourself slipping into that mode? Oh, yeah. Um, I didn't really... I always like knew that I had obsessive tendencies, but I didn't really, I would be like, I'm obsessed with that. You know, like the way people use it in, uh, just like colloquially. But, uh, I got like diagnosed recent, not that long ago, like a few years ago. I have, I have obsessive compulsive disorder. So like, but I didn't know that until I was 36 or something. So then I was like, Oh Yeah. I guess I am obsessed and like making comics is kind of my compulsion. Like it's, so it's kind of like, it's in a way positive (laughs) aspect Mm -hmm. of it. Um, but there's also like all kinds of other negative aspects. Like, you know, I have obsessive thoughts and other ticks, weird things. Um, but so, yeah, I have had all kinds of crazy obsessions. Like every time in my life I've had something that I was obsessing over, like in my adult life anyway. So it was like pro wrestling. There was a period of time where it was Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, really. I got obsessed with that for a long time. Um, like I really got obsessed with the show Different Strokes. Like, I've been obsessed with that a lot. A lot of old sitcoms. Different strokes, um, Growing Pains, I've watched through, like, ten times. Um, and Different Strokes I've watched a lot recently. Like, I got a Stars subscription because Stars owns all the <laughs> Different Strokes. Yeah. And just so I could watch Different Strokes only. So, um, what, you've seen the whole series, like, ten times? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and I've, I have, like, Killing Willis, and I have... Uh, Gary Coleman did an autobiography when he was like 14. Wow. Which I have. That's like actually chronicles his, his early life and his like uh, condition that he has. Oh yeah. And all these surgeries that he had and all it's, it was really weird. Like when he was a kid, like they, they had to explain why this five-year-old was so like articulate and able to do so much. And they, because he was actually not five. He was like nine. Right. You know, or 10. And they just like played it off. Like he's a genius. Like he's a child prodigy. So a lot of that book is about how he's a child prodigy. Wow. And he's Whoa. totally not. Oh, they like sold it. Not just on the show, but in no, real no, no. life. Yeah. Yeah. That was like wow. part of real life. Yeah. Um, yeah Willis, Willis, uh, Todd Bridges is Todd Bridges book is fascinating too. It's, it's like really written in his voice totally um i guess he had a a good not a ghostwriter but but like a a writer helping him with it but it's very much in todd bridge's voice it's really good uh and just interesting for an obsessive different strokes yeah uh yeah i just find it to be such a strange show and like it's just really like they don't make shows like that anymore where it's like there's a kid there's like it's for it's a, a primetime show that was for the whole family like so it, it it's a kid show really because mm-hmm. there's you know 
I liked it when I was a kid, but it also had to be enough of an adult show that the parents got into it. And they really had, and I, and at the time it was probably like progressive views about race and all this stuff, but and watching it from this perspective, it's like so antiquated and weird and like yeah. actually exploitative. What of, was progressive then is yeah. now it's yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love that. Show. I love all kinds of stuff like that. Like all, stuff from the 80s like i have this weird it's all nostalgia yeah mm-hmm. yeah i get that i was just talking about how i watch old 80s taco bell commercials <laughs> yeah so i'm with you we are about out of time here michael yeah we've reached it we've reached the end of the program box thanks for joining us thank you how the heck does someone buy your 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 uh your books i always tell people to go to their local comic shop and yeah. ask for it or their local bookstore or whatever. Obviously, you can get it on Amazon and whatever, but, and that's fine if you want to do that. Everybody does stuff like that, but uh, I think it's important to support your local comic book shop yeah. or bookstore. Vintage Phoenix here in town definitely has your books. If you're listening here in Bloomington, as you probably are, they have a couple signed copies too. So, oh, so, great, yeah. cool. They have, um. All your books, I believe. Last I checked, they'd ordered them all. Tetris, which we didn't really talk about the others, but you, uh, Tetris, the games people play, and Andre the Giant Life and Legend. Award winning books. New York Times bestsellers. Yeah, you know, they got rid of the New York Times bestseller list for graphic novels. Yeah, I heard that. And it's like, I, you know, it's, it's a blow to the industry, but it takes a lot of pressure off of you. (laughs) (laughs) I got, my first book was on the list and Tetris didn't, didn't make it on the list and then they got rid of the list. So it was like, I didn't feel any pressure to make the list. (laughs) Well, Well, Box, thanks a lot for taking some time out and coming and hanging with us. This has been real nice. Thank you so much. It was very fun. Yeah, good. You're on Twitter, Box Brown. Box Brown and Instagram, same Instagram, same Box Brown, Box B-O-X-B-R-O-W-N. You got it. Thanks again, Box. Mike, get us out of here. That's it. We're out of time. We don't even have time for more music. We don't even have time for more music. Yeah, we have like 20 seconds that we need to fill here. Oh, okay, I So got if it. you have any jokes or uh, st- short stories, very short stories. Yeah. Baby shoes, never worn. <laughs> That's right. Got it. All right, we have 12 seconds left. Yeah. Bump, bump me up. Hey, Jonesy, rock it, man. I know you will. Yeah. Oh, cool. That was nice, wasn't it? You take it away, that...